Please listen carefully. Hi, I'm Paul Frields. And I'm Dave Guzman. And welcome to Practical Base, where each week we discuss a topic of practical interest for you, the working basis, to elevate your gigs and gear and take your professional life to the next level. Um, you can find us on practicalbase.com on the web. You can also email us at podcast at practicalbase.com. You can subscribe to the podcast by uh, visiting iTunes or the podcast app on your iPhone or Google Play Music on your Android or any podcatching app that you like, such as Stitcher Radio uh, or Podcast Republic or whatever it is that you prefer. Um, and we look forward to hearing from you because we do love to connect with our audience. So please don't be shy. Let us know what you like, what you dislike. If you have topics that you would love to hear, please let us know. We would uh, love to feature those in upcoming episodes. Dave, what are we going to talk about today? Paul, today's topic is effects loops. Ah, uh, the effects loop. That that strange thing at the back of your amp and you wonder i was i was just looking at an article today which is in the latest bass player magazine as we record this which is about the bassist from mars volta who is apparently like the world's biggest effects pedal uh collector like he's literally got hundreds hundreds of these things and knows everything about each one of them right what do you do with all those effects i mean if you're if you're an experienced guy, you know you might be using effects loops already. Um, it's not hard to take advantage of them. But I do run across bassists sometimes who, you know, have an effects loop, never used it. They don't really use effects. They don't know what they're for. They basically like you know they take their bass, they plug it into their amp, and they play. And absolutely nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, there's. Right. There's uh, plenty of classic recordings that are basically like bass into a DI, bass into an amp with a mic, yep. and that was it, right? But using that effects loop gives you, like it opens up this whole world of new sounds, right? Yeah. It's a way to express yourself. Yeah, it's, a, it's a completely, it's, it's another aspect of the instrument. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a way that you can you know, kind of alter the sound before it gets loud for the audience, right? Right. Um, it, the funny thing is, like, we covered something about this in an earlier episode, right? We had our minimum effects episode. If if the audience uh, out there, if you haven't listened to that and uh, and you're not subscribed to the podcast, you definitely should subscribe, right? Because you'll get episodes every week. Uh, if you just subscribed and you missed it, go out and check uh, an earlier episode called Minimum Effects, where we talked about basically, like, what are the minimum effects that you would use for a gig? But yeah. Um, I think this, this episode is a little different, right? Because, you know, when you talk about a loop, it's like, oh, now what are all the things you can pile into that? Yeah. This know? one's like maximum effects, maximum effects, no. using the <laughs> effects loop. Yeah. This is, this is, let's get effects crazy. Max it out. Yeah. Have like space age sounds or whatnot. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, in my world, I'm, I'm certainly one of those bass players that, this is an area for me that, you know, recently I've gotten into, but there's still, there's a world out there. Um, so I think maybe a good place to start is to, you know, if we can kind of understand how it works, yeah. like what, what is it like, what is this, what is this effects loops we speak of? Yeah. Well, I mean, you think of a loop as, 
as just what it sounds like. It's basically like it's it comes out from you know from one piece of equipment and then comes back into the same piece of equipment. So it is literally like think of it as the path of your bass sound or your signal, and it's kind of going out through some loop around through different effects and then comes right back to where it started. Um, the effects right. loop on your amp has a send and a receive. And what happens is, you know, generally you're plugging your bass into the, the input on your, on your amp. And that really has two parts, right? There's a preamp and then there's the amplifier itself. Yep. And so what happens is you plug your instrument, which has an instrument level signal, which is, you know, very low. Uh, and then you plug that in the preamp raises the signal up to like a line level or something like that. Yep. And then that line level is where the, the effects loop comes in. That line level signal now is, you know, it's louder, uh, you know, a little bit cleaner and, yep. and you can send that line level out through different pieces of equipment that modify the sound in, in cool ways. Yeah. And then it comes back into the return of your of your amp, and then it goes through the actual amplifier, right? Which then raises the level, right? Like it takes that line signal and juices it up so that you can put it out through speakers, right? It's right, providing the power that you need yep. to get out to the audience. I always wonder why they didn't just call it out and in as opposed to return and send. Yeah, like I think right there, that's a it's a deterrent. Yeah. Yeah. Send in return. <laughs> what is this send in return? I know can, out and in. Yeah, you can only yeah, exactly. You can only accomplish this if you understand our jargon. <laughs> Mere mortal. <laughs> um yeah, so the but the send basically think of that as coming out, right? The set you're right. sending it out, it goes to your first effects pedal, and the return comes back from the last effects output. And so you could have a ton of effects in between, right? Going, you know, you come from the send to the input of the first effect. Yep. That one goes out to some other effect in. That effect goes out to the next effect in and so forth. And then the last one, you know, when it's done, the last out comes back to the return on your amp. Yeah. There's a million other things you can do on the way back, right? I'm not going to get too complex here, but sure. You know, then the amplifier, you know, cranks it up, right? So do, do you have one of these loops on your amp? Yeah, I do. Uh, the I, I guess my amps have had uh, the amps that I've used for the past few years have had that, and I just started getting into it and kind of understanding what what they do. Um, and, and I do use it um, not all the time. If if I guess it depends for me on if I have effect pedals going. Um, if I'm just using you know tuner compressor, I just go right into the front. Yeah, just straight line it. If it's one of those gigs, yeah. As soon as I add one effect, then I do, um, yeah. I I use uh, I use my loop. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and so you know there are different ways to use effects loops, and you know we're not here to tell people the right or the wrong way, but you know one way I, you know I've seen people do this where you know their their tuner and their compressor are like the first things that they're doing essentially, right. I think you were describing That's, me earlier. You do that, yeah. Yeah, for me, it's always it's tuner compressor than everything else. If it's modulating, the more it modulates, the further out it gets on my chain, and yeah. probably mostly because I don't really understand it that much. But I know that's like a good safe rule of thumb. Like you don't want to modulate something that is already in effect, like 
put it all before that. Yeah, yeah, like like modulating before you tune or something like that. That like would your be wild. Would, be, <laughs> would get really wacky. Literally, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Crazy. Yeah, you want that signal to be to be clean. Um, and I do the same thing. Like if I if I'm just using a compressor or something, it's usually like my bass is going into that into the compressor, yep. and the compressor is going right to the head, right to do its to do its job. Um, you know, but then you start talking about like phasers and delays and reverbs and uh, distortion, fuzz, yep. right? Things like that. There's that's right. All sorts. I mean, there's just hundreds of things to to choose from out there. Yep. Um. So I, you know, I have a loop on my amp too, and you know, it came pre-configured with what's called a parallel uh loop, and, and there are a couple different kinds, right? There's there's loops that are serial. And loops that are, and that's S-E-R-I-A-L, as in series. Right. Uh, and then there's parallel loops, right? Now, my amp came with what was called a parallel loop. And what that means is, so the signal comes in to the preamp, and then it gets split. Yep. One side goes through the amp internally, right? Never goes out, never uses the loop. Yep. And then the other the other part of the signal goes out through the loop, gets affected, and comes back. And then those two signals are mixed back together and amplified. Yeah. And so think of it as like think of it as like a river, right? And and the river gets diverted, like, and it takes a fork. Yep. And then it comes back together at the end, like the branches come back together at the end and form one big river again. That's right. And so on one branch of the river, it just, you know, flows through cleanly. And then on the other branch of the river, like think about it as like, oh, you dump some red food coloring into it or right. whatever, right? Nothing toxic, hopefully. Right. And then those things come back together. And so, you know, you got this one branch that's red and the one branch that's clear and they come back together and it mixes together. And now you've got a like partly red, right? Right. Yeah, and and that's kind of like what the parallel does, um, and that's so that you're getting like a nice mix of your in general, like your wet and your dry, yeah, more or less. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and and that's that's good for you know there are effects out there that you can get that you know they sound great, but sometimes like they'll they end up dimming the low end or making it like maybe a little more indistinct, right. Which would be okay if it's a solo gig, but if you're yeah. playing a a live, specifically like a live gig, you want to make sure that your bass is still present. Yeah, and imagine if you kicked in that effect, and then all of a sudden, like the low end, or you know, your bass just kind of dims in the mix, like it drops out, and suddenly everyone's like, "Where did the bass go?" Yeah. Oh, he's one of those guitarist bassists. Yeah, yeah. Like it would be a buzzkill. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh. Yeah, so so having that parallel effects loop, like you said, like it keeps the you know it mixes the dry and the wet. So you've got yeah. this one side, this dry side where you know all the base information is there, like the, your your normal signal, and yeah. then you got the wet side where hey, maybe a little of the base drops out when you kick that effect in or whatever. But then they mix back together at the end, and you still because there's enough dry, you keep that nice you know, that nice sound to your bass. The right? bass line. Yeah. Yeah. The mix, the mix kind of saves you from yeah. that, from that issue. Um, so that's the good of having like a parallel, a parallel loop. And that's what my amp um, yeah. had when it, it came with, uh, that's what it came with. And I actually think you can, like, if you don't have that function on your amp, especially if you have an older amp, they have, for those, you know, that are getting into it, you can, you can buy a switch, like a, a splitter, more or less. Yeah. That does that. Absolutely. 
So yeah. there's a workaround if, if you're looking for that. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have a loop on your amp, it does not mean that you can't use effects, right? And yep. you could do all sorts of crazy things before you input to your amp. And, you know, like you said, there's there's all sorts of little utility pedals that you can get to to make branches do different things. And yeah, right. it's, it's, it's really, I mean, it's limited only by your imagination. That's right. Do you, so how do you, how do you use your loop like right now? Uh, right now, you know, look, my, for me, if I can, I'm trying to get in and out of a gig with as little as possible. Right. Cause that's me. Yeah. You love, you love traveling light. Yeah. Like if I could put it all in my back pocket, that's, that's my rig. Yeah. Um, so it, it, you know, if I can do the gig without, you know, with minimal pedals and yeah, I'm going straight in, but you know, I find myself in some, in some gigs where, yeah, I, I need, I need certain effects. Like it's, it's important. It adds to the music and that's really, you know, for me, that's where it's important that, that I'm utilizing that because it is like, I, I still like, I don't, the way that my pedal, because I'm using individual pedals, I don't have like an effects like one of those, it's like a multi-effect. So I have to, I have to make sure that I'm keeping that low end in there, like we right. were just talking about. So, right. yeah, so I have to use that that loop so that it's separate and away from what my bass is. So my bass is always driving, yeah, under it all. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, but live, I mean, the most that I'll ever have is maybe four pedals. Wow, and that's it. Yeah. It's as far as I go. Yeah. What about you? Um. So I so I actually use a, a multi effects unit. Um, there was a time where I was, you know, collecting up pedals and, and using them, and and I think that that simplicity idea and you know the fact that some of the multi effects pedals have you know, sounded gotten really quite good on them. They have, um, you know, sort of swayed me into being able to just like carry one you know one small bag that had right. what I needed and right. Wasn't like full of like fifty, you know, fifty different connections that could go bad. Instead, there's only like two, right? Right. Um, <laughs> so that that I think is 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 how I tend to go. So I have like a, a multi effects unit, and I I do use that effects loop. But I I actually modded my amp um, to make it possible to have a serial effects loop, and really like we described the parallel one, right, as being this branching kind. Right. The serial kind, you think of it as basically like putting a dam, like like dropping a dam down on the river, and then you send the river like a different direction through this loop and then back to where it was. Right. right? So it's all or nothing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You could raise the dam and then the, all the, all the water is going to run the way it's supposed to, or you put this dam down and it runs the alternate way. Right. right. That's like a serial effects loop. I modded my amp to do that because my tuner is in my pedal and it's in this multi-effects unit. And when I tune, like I wanted to step on my tuner and have it mute my amp. Right. That was the whole driver for me doing this. Right. If you have a a parallel loop, you know, and you, you hit that tuner pedal. Yeah. Right. It, you're going to have half your sound still coming out because it's the dry sound, right? Not going into the tuner. And there's other ways you could deal with that, right? You could put the tuner between you and the and the input instead of on the loop, and now you could do that, right? But again, yeah. like all my stuff is in one box, so it's the only option that I had, right? Right, because that's like that's my workaround. If I really have a gig where I yeah. want to make sure that when I hit my tuner, it mutes out, 
Now all of a sudden I have an extra cable. And for right. me, an extra cable is like, ugh. Every extra piece is like, that's another thing. Yeah. That's, that's the workaround is you just yeah. throw your tuner in. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And, you know, with the multi-effects thing, you know, I, I do program some, some sounds on it and almost everything on it has like a mix setting of some sort. And right. a few of the effects have like a low compensator so that you don't like drop all the bottom out. Yep. So, you know, there's ways around that. And I, you know, for me, that means that I could, you know, I could live with that, you know, all or nothing yeah. kind of serial loop that actually helps me. Cause then I'll dial the, you know, the mix right in the effects unit itself to mix the dry and the wet signal. So I can get yeah. like, Oh, I can get 30% of the effect or I can get a hundred percent of the effect, like yeah. anything in between or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, and then I've got a couple really long, like decent quality 25 foot cables so I can run them all the way from my head out to the stage where I am if it's a bigger stage. Right. Right. And so those are coming like the send comes out to my pedal, uh, to the pedal input, and then the pedal, like it's modeling, et cetera, you know, output goes back to the, back to the head return. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So- yeah, so that's I mean that's a a couple different things about effects I think that are are cool. Uh so you know, I think the the key the key to effects is you know, really understanding that you're limited only by your imagination and you know there I think you know, Dave you mentioned a couple things that are important that you know, we probably should riff on for a minute which is like yeah. the order of things. I mean, you you really talked about this in a in a really intelligent way, which is, you know, your tuner, you want the the most pristine sound, like your actual instrument. So right. a lot of times that's gonna be first. Yep. In your chain. I think that makes it makes so much sense. Um the next thing that you might want is a compressor, right? Right. Uh and this is maybe less of a hard and fast rule, but having your compressor there, you know, it kind of evens out your sound and we're, we're going to before, gonna have, before yeah. it hits your effects. Yeah. Before it gets to your other effects. And, um, there are reasons to have compressors afterward. Sure. Either instead of early or in addition to early. Right. Um, but I think having one early makes a lot of sense because you get a nice consistent level, right. Coming to those, yes. to those effects. Um, and you know, we haven't talked a lot about compressors, but there is going to be an episode coming up. I'm sure, you know, people in the audience are going to want to tune into where we are going to dive into how your compressor works and really kind of teach you how, how to be able to set, uh, a compressor to do what you want. Um, but you know, just think of it right now as something that basically will give you a consistent level, right? It makes the loud parts a little less loud and the quiet parts a little less quiet so that you're your signal comes out more consistently or your notes come out more consistently. Right. And then after that, you know, it's, it's like, it's almost like sky's the limit. I mean, maybe like you might have a modulator after that and, uh, you might have a, a distortion. Yeah. Um, there, you know, distortion or fuzz. Great thing about a distortion pedal is it can kind of like thicken your tone. If you use, yeah. you know, you could, totally like go over the top and have just like an enormous like grindy metal sound right right amazing but at lower levels the cool thing about a distortion or fuzz is it'll just like 
it just it warms and and expands your sound out a bit like so that you get a thicker yeah. tone and if you've got like if there's heavy guitar like if you're in a, a heavier band or maybe even not such a heavy band yeah. but um you know, you're just looking for a little more presence just a smidge of distortion right that'll like it thickens up the sound a little bit makes you more like you sit in the mix a little bit more heavily yeah i, I do that um i i get a similar effect with a um with an octave pedal yeah it's kind of what it and, and it's not over the top like it's a, not like is this is like a sub octave so sub octave yeah if if i'm in that mid-range of my neck and yeah. i'll just kick that in and it's not it it's not so dramatic but it's it's enough that if it's getting loud and if there's you know everyone's playing at a certain level yeah. it just puts me puts my note out there yeah yeah well yeah. now notes like different <laughs> but it puts more of the bass out there yeah yeah also the sub octavers are great because you know you can get kind of this neat sort of funky you know late seven or i guess you know early 80s to mid 80s kind of like that kind of keyboard bass sound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That nice thick, like yep. thick keyboard bass. Yep. That, you know, there you can, yeah, cause really you could pull out all the dry that. in that and then it's just all wet. And that's where it sounds like, you know, yeah. That's right. <laughs> that was my little, that was my imitation of a keyboard. I, that's, no, I, I heard it. I heard it. It was right there. I just saw a keyboard. Yeah. That's yeah. That, that, those little keyboard riffs. The, yeah. You, just, you gotta be loved. You have to love being able to ape those. Yeah. Um, yeah. Flangers, phasers. Uh, I mean, there are just, there's a million different ways out there that you can, uh, that you can fiddle your sound and, and the way that you order them is going to change the you know the kind of sound that you get like a chorus pedal will sound different whether it's before a distortion or after a distortion right right those things are that's two very different sounds and that's what makes pedals like so exciting to deal with yeah yeah and it's funny because i think you know as as bassists we recognize that guitarists have really taken this to another level yeah like there are very few guitarists that that just run dry. Like they all have some like pedal layout. Oh yeah. And some are like wild, like just, you know, they're, they're regular, go to every gig with, you know, 20 different pedals and they're just, it's, it's built into sort of an, an expectation. So yeah. they've had the time to really, and the experience that they can share. So when you do go out there and try to learn about it, there's not as much about, you know, bass pedals and their experience so much as like what you see on guitar, but you can, you can get a lot of information from, you know, those experiences and, and the layouts and the different kind of theories on what should, or, and I think really it's not, you know, that there's ever a right or wrong so much as like, what sound are you looking for? Right. Right. You know, and what, what impact will it have? What, what impact will one pedal have on the other when they're both activated and, what works for you and what works for that gig. Yeah. And you can, I mean, you can benefit basically from somebody else's having experimented with that stuff Yeah, and, or you can kind of just forge your own way and yeah. you know, who knows what like the next generation of, of players is going to, is going to come up with. Yeah. You know, and the multi effects pedals nowadays, you know, if you start talking about like the newest generation that's out there now where, you know, some of these pedals, um, 
I'm thinking specifically of like the the line six helix that's out there now, which is that's sort of like the next yeah next uh horizon or next forefront of the technology yeah you know where you've got a huge amount of flexibility for like where you put your pedals and your signal path like everything there is modeled yeah right it's all modeling and it's all done in basically you know this brain that's a either a pedal or a rack unit or whatever that you use but you have the choice of like the order that you put things in and unlike physical pedals like you hit a new patch all of your pedals could change their right. order in the chain, which you're never going to be able to do yeah. with a, you know, on a working musician's stage rig, yep. right? Somebody who's not like a, you know, doing a major tour where you're not supported by, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment moving around with you every night to right. wherever you're playing, right? right? If you're, you know, normal, you know, nightclub band or whatever, you're never going to be able to, to, to have that level of, uh, you know, duplicated units and signal path routing that, you know, cause that's a huge amount of money you're talking about, but these yeah. multi-effect pedals, you can change the order of everything like, on the fly. And it's just, I mean, it's amazing. It's an amazing time to be a musician and being able to experiment with that stuff. Yeah. It opens it right up, you know, to have that support because yeah, I know for me, like, you know, my, I, I don't, I don't have roadies yet, except for like my kids every now and then. That's <laughs> you that's my that's my support. <laughs> and I have to give them cash. I gotta yeah. give them like five bucks. Oh, do you? Yeah, here's like a basket of fries or oh, whatever. You're, you're a sucker. I'm not paying mine yet. Or maybe yeah. maybe they're the suckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell them every time I every time they move, I'm like, I'll I'll double your pay next time. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a math it's a math problem yeah i'm pretty sure they figured it out though at yeah. this point yeah they're <laughs> teenagers and I'm, I'm pretty sure they're they're like this is not a job i ever want to do in my life for real <laughs> oh my goodness all right so i think that's a great place to wrap up um so we hope that you've enjoyed this uh, little chat about effects uh every week we've got a new topic here that we discuss uh, for working bassists to you know, help you bring your gigs and your gear to the next level, either explaining equipment or explaining how to uh, have a better time working at the profession of being a bass player. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. We really want to connect with you, our audience. So please get in touch with us. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, Google+. Plus. Uh, you can also reach us through our website at practicalbase.com. We have a special page there for feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Or you can just simply email us at podcast at practicalbase.com. You can subscribe to this podcast and you can hear a new episode delivered straight to your computer or your mobile device or your phone. Uh, simply go to the podcast's uh, app on your iPhone or iTunes on your Apple computer or to Google Play Music on your Android device or Stitcher Radio, or any of the other podcatching apps that are out there. Just look for Practical Bass, search for us on the web, and you can sign up and receive a new episode every week. And until next time, I'm Paul Freelds. I'm Dave Guzman. And this has been Practical Bass. Thanks for listening. I 
feel like maybe we should post pics of our recording session at some point. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know, if I just grab my phone right now, I could actually take a picture and prove that you're actually here, that you're actually here behind the mic. Yep, there you are. That's a handsome fellow you are. That'll be going out in the show notes. <laughs> Just that. People are gonna, I'm gonna I can actually post a picture of like I'm gonna post a picture of like Gerard Butler or something <laughs> in 300, right? Bare chested. That's this that's is how pa- Dave shows up every time. <laughs>